Thank you, friends, for joining yet another episode of Share the World. Thank you for your uh, time. We continue the conversation with Lydia and Joby, explore various aspects of the paradigm of marriage and how two individuals come together cross-culturally and, uh, you know, uh, bring up, uh, raise a family and um, talk through challenges, you know, work with the context that they are in and neighborhoods that they live in. So it's been it's been fascinating for me to kind of uh, explore with them uh, these these paradigms. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the last conversation um, with them and hopefully you'll enjoy this conversation and uh, take a listen and I'll talk to you guys end of this episode. So, um, so what does your normal day look like? You know, the day for the two of you. Well, before COVID or after COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after COVID, that's yeah, different, I, right? I think we'll put, we'll, the recency yeah. effect talks about after <laughs> COVID, yeah. right? I think a typical day would be like, and uh, like, you know, we have three kids. So, and the third one just came up, uh, just uh, was born about five months ago. Uh, so how the night goes is very important. Uh, how the day goes. To, to <laughs> say when the day starts, if I put oh, that. Okay. Because uh, our kids would wake up somewhere between 5 and 6.45. 5 wow. a.m. to 6.45 a.m. Yeah. In India. Yeah, in India. I'm not talking about you. No, mostly like at least 6. Okay. Lydia says 6. So let's see. <laughs> so you lost five. it because you're not sleeping well. <laughs> yeah. So let's... Uh, yeah, so say six and six forty-five. Would that yeah, be reasonable? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So six and six forty-five would be typically when we start the day. Um, we typically just sit, and um, you know, it's just morning time where uh, we just sit. The kids are just waking up; they're a little groggy, so they're mostly in our hands. And then um, we drink some tea or coffee, start the day off, breakfast. Uh, starts pretty early at around 8, 8.30. Uh, and then we pretty much, or I would say that, you know, after the morning things that we uh, generally do as a family, I would get to work by around 9.30. Uh, and that's the time when the kids are done with breakfast and Lydia takes the kids outside to just spend some time outside. They'll play a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, and then that goes on. And I, I typically would work till about 12.30 in one chunk, 12.31, then take a break uh, for lunch, spend some time, 45 minutes, an hour, and then get back to work till about 5.30. And this is the time when Lydia does homeschooling for Steven. This is the time when, you know, uh, chores, chores play. Uh, play, all of that happens uh, with Lydia and the kids. And then when 5.30, when I'm done with work, uh, I would uh, come downstairs, be with the kids uh, while Lydia is help, goes to the kitchen and starts making uh, dinner. Uh, so I'm pretty much outside with the kids, playing with the kids, and then I take the kids for a bath and it's bath time. Uh, dinner. And then dinner, and then they, they go to sleep and then we get our time. Lydia and I get some time starting at around, say, 7.45, 8 p.m. Till around 10 30 p.m which is when we go so to bed read message yeah oh we use so time for yeah filling all the things mm. we need to do 
uh, yeah, read, message, pray, all of that happens during that time. Uh, this is a typical day. I've not included days where, you know, we would have guests because when, when that's there, then things just get altered a little bit. Uh, but that's pretty much how a typical day would uh, look like. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They say long days, short years. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. Yeah. People said that to me when with our first kid, and I was like, "Yeah, right. That's so cliche." But now I'm like, four years have already gone by, and he's like almost. I yeah. know. Half my it's, half my height. How yeah. did that happen? It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, um, we always we I I used to kind of do multipliers. So at 18, you know, somebody would get out right to college or whatever. Yeah. Um, in India, you know, we still stayed around. Some of us moved out. I moved out when I was 18. And um, we always used to kind of say, okay, six more hops for Nia to go. Now it's less than one hop, you yeah. know. Uh, so she's 10 uh, this June yeah. and less than a hop, she'd be out. So we said, you know, six hops and she was three. You know, she became six. We said three hops. <laughs> now she's got less than a hop. You know, wow. it's so quick, so quick. It's unbelievably quick. So, so how do you kind of think about redeeming the day? That's the, that's the toughest part that I've seen that, you know, Maya and I uh, struggle with is redeeming, redeeming the day. Sometimes it feels like, oh, what did I do today? You know, um, I don't know if you guys have thought about that and, I don't know if there's a straight answer to it, but I just want to know what your how you think about it. Or if you're not taught about it, that's fine as well. Yeah, I think Lydia would have a better answer to this, uh, <laughs> and I know what she does. And uh, I, I look at my day from work and home, and from a church point of view, because these are three priorities, if I can put it that way. But how do you look at redeeming your day? What, what does redeeming? Well, I'm day? not. I have not, you know, figured it out. But I think um, I think a lot of it has to do with training my my mind to remember and recognize that a successful day isn't that I've checked off ten things on my list, um, and that is actually kind of hard to do as a I am pretty task oriented. And so it's been a challenge actually um, to look at the end of the day and I'm like, oh, wow, what did I do? Well, mm. kids put them to sleep and we have laundry done. So, you know, it doesn't feel like super productive, but um, at the end of the day, when I look back, you know, like over the week or uh, Joby will ask, how are the kids today? And like one of them, remembered part of the bible story or mm. them asks a actually deep theological question i'm like where did that come from or when they reach a milestone i think it's um to celebrate those big things helps remember that the day-to-day -day stuff if the day-to-day -day stuff it doesn't happen none of the big stuff will happen mm. um, and i think that it also matters what you put into your mind um, because the world says that, especially as a, I think as a woman, the world says that, you know, you're more valuable if you can go to work, if you can earn money, 
if you can prove your place of power in the world. Um, but that's not at all what God says. Um, and it's not what my husband says, you know, like both of our sets of parents by God's grace are excited um, that we're raising our family up in the Lord. And so I think those kind of, you know, like being in touch with other moms and bouncing ideas off of each other. How can we, like, how can we make learning Bible verses fun? How can we make, uh, how can we, um, how can we know that contentment? How can like we know teaching that? Kids yeah. Big concepts, how like bouncing those kind of ideas off of other people who are like-minded. I think that has helped me a lot. Yeah. Uh, there have been periods where I have admittedly been a little bit too much on social media, um, watching other people's quote, perfect lives, <laughs> nice squares. And I think that that's when I'm on that too much or when I'm thinking about my place in the world, it can, it can be a kind of confusing, but I think if we ground ourselves in what is actually true and what is actually valuable, well, God says that people are the most valuable. So have I invested in people today? Mm. And my children are people, my husband are people, the, the house helper, our neighbors, um, folks that I'm messaging and calling, like that's valuable work. It may not be paid and it may not, you know, go on my checklist, but it's still good God-given blessed work. Yeah, from my, my standpoint, I think there was a time when I used to define redeeming a day in terms of how much did I do. Yeah. Um, but I think I've grown to believe through time and uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit that redeeming time is actually more about how much am I being more in Christ and resting in Christ than about doing things. So uh, I would say my top three priorities are, am I loving the Lord with all my heart? Am I being faithful in what I'm doing, be it work, be it church, be it, you know, just even a conversation? Am I invested in that? Uh, or, uh, and the Third being, third thing being that parenting, bringing up the children in the fear of the Lord, knowing that the most important thing is that they love the Lord, that they know the Lord. Uh, so I would say if I'm able to do these three things in a day, I would say it's redeemed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, because otherwise I always struggle with, if I'm just playing with the kids for an hour or if I'm for example, this is an everyday thing. I spend about 45 minutes to an hour putting the kids to sleep. How do I redeem that? The only way to redeem that is while I'm doing that, I've somehow get some time to pick up my phone and send an email or, you know, send a text message or catch up with someone. I, I, I feel from a biblical point of view, I'm not redeeming that. I, there should be a way where I can put my kids to sleep, spend 45 minutes just in the in a very monotonous thing of putting them to see and and know that the the lord is redeeming this is just a very normal mundane thing that is honoring god because i'm investing in my children i am you know this is time where they need me to do that and maybe they will not need me to do this later but you know what i mean just <laughs> i like what elizabeth elliot 
uh, said, trust God and do the next thing, right? Just, just go with that, knowing that you're not part of any race. You're yeah. part of, uh, you're pressing on towards that upward goal and your whole life on this earth is uh, just, you know, taking the baby steps yeah. of growing in Christ. Um, that That's how I would say, I look at redeeming time because otherwise I would just feel as a failure every day. Yeah. If I'm thinking of how many things did, did I do? Uh, or, you know, did I go to this place and did the, was the mission accomplished? What about all the missions that are not accomplished? What happens about all of that? So, yeah, uh, that, that's how I would view it. Wow. It's uh, it's really refreshing for me to hear what you guys are saying. Um, it took us longer than six years to realize that, um, you know, in marriage. But I'd say, you know, it, it, it's, it's a blessing to hear you guys talk about that. I think we probably hit that when we were eight years, eight or nine years in, in our marriage. Um, and I was parasitical, honestly, you know, in terms of uh, the way legalistic in the way I thought about redeeming, redemption. I think it took, took me time. Actually, after I came to the U.S. is when I started to understand what redemption was because I was in a baptistic kind of an environment and it was like doing, 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 right? And guilt, guilt, guilt. Um, you know, so I came here, we were part of a Presbyterian church and it's like, whoa, where was this? You know, all this while it's like, you know, <laughs> I didn't read Tim Keller when I was back in India, you know, I read more John MacArthur and guys like that, you know, so um yeah, I'm so happy. Praise God for what the Lord is doing for, for you guys to help understand redemption is not about activity. It's really about being. Right? It's not the doing, as you said, Joby. It's it's being in Christ. We know he's done it. Now we enjoy. And yeah. because we enjoy, we do it, right? That's why we we do it with joy, right? We don't yeah. we don't cribbingly do it. Right? Yeah, and, and everything matters. Right, everything exactly matters, as long as it's done to the glory of God. Right. Exactly, our failure right. matters. It's so, it is so redeeming and so freeing <laughs> to know that your failure failure matters. Uh, exactly, as long as you did it with the intention of glorifying Christ. So, I, I, exactly, I've taken a lot of comfort from that. That's awesome, isn't it? So, I'm reading a book. I, I, you guys should attempt to read it. Uh, it's called um, uh, "Daring to Live on the Edge." I don't know if you read it. Lauren Cunningham, Why Bam? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if you, yeah, we spoke about it the other day. Yeah, good, good. It's an awesome book. And there he talks about this businessman who was called to do business in China and uh, he lost a lot of money. And he's like, yes, <laughs> like who, who would think like that other than if you're sure of that calling, as you said, failure is part of that journey. And yeah. so we, we don't have to fear anything you know, in some sense. Um, and I've started to understand this and I'd like to hear you guys. Um, the, the opposite of love is fear. I didn't understand it till I, I think just recently, about six, six months ago, three, three months ago, I think. So I always thought love was hate, right? Opposite of love was hate. And it's like, no, opposite of love is actually fear. Because perfect love, a love casts out, not hate, fear. Yeah. And that fear is coming from the self-absorption, right? We are absorbed by our own self. We're so selfish. The old man is like pulling us. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know what you guys think of that. And it's, it's going to come in marriage because that's where the, you know, as you said, two sinners coming closest to one another. Yeah. 
right? And yourself is kind of revealed. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're fearful because you want control. And yeah. so you grab at it, right? That's what I did, right? I do keep doing even now. I don't know what you guys think. I honestly have never heard that before, but it makes so much sense. If I, I'm going through the things that I have a hard time with, and it's mostly because I'm afraid of something. I'm afraid of somebody's, they're not going to approve of what I do. Or, you know, I'm afraid that I'm not going to meet the mark. Um, but if I am loving that person or if I'm loving God, it all kind of, it knocks those fears out. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense to me primarily because um, while I have, introspected into my life and you know the idols of my life uh, one of the idols that i've that i uh, have seen <laughs> that i've been working on over a period of time is the idol of approval mm-hmm. mm. right? and one of the key things of the idol of approval is you fear that they won't approve you mm. right uh, so uh, so when you said that uh, it is very important it, it is very important to me and close to my heart because for me, and, and this is how my antidote has been, how do I see the love of Christ and the approval of Christ to be sufficient, all sufficient? Mm. So that's the antidote to the approval. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I've been going through that a lot. And I would still say that maybe I, I've come a long way, but it, you know, it still crops up based on how important the other person is. Mm-hmm. The approval idol might still uh, crop up, but it's all, yeah, it's all, it all stems from, from yeah. fear. Yeah. Great. You know, Maya's, you probably saw her, right? She's, she's fair as well. And I, I, I've always been teased for my color back home in India. And I've always grown with insect, great insecurity. Yeah. And my Maya had to deal with that insecurity, unfortunately. And I was very fearful. In fact, when I was dating her, I was telling Joby like six, seven years, I always thought she's going to go. She's going to ditch me and go. Right. <laughs> and that, yeah. And because of that, I would, I would act a particular way. I was very restrictive. I was very constrictive. Right. So that continued into marriage as well. And Maya had to kind of help kind of show me the gospel again and again that God has accepted you, Don. He's made you the way you are. And so doubting him, doubting yourself, looking at the mirror is actually saying, Lord, you made a mistake. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't make mistakes, right? So that fear always gripped my heart. Even now I, I fear like, you know, I look at Mia, she's dark and she's, you know, she's like me and it's like, I'm fearful. Mm-hmm. Even now in my heart, like, you know, like when somebody says something against her, I'm, my blood boils. I want to punch the yeah, kid yeah. in the face. But that's coming out of a, a fear, yeah. right? Right. So, so it, it was very, you know, it's actually. I thank God for showing that to me to kind of say, Lord, I don't need to live in fear. I, I, I have your love, I, as you said, Joby. I have your approval. Mm-hmm. What, what else am I fighting for? Right. It's, it's kind of useless. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what was it uh, to be, you know, I know, what time do you guys have to go? I want to oh, be conscious of your time. We can, yeah, we're good. Yeah, when the kid wakes up, we, Lydia's <laughs> going to just set him down. So we are, we are at your disposal. So just okay, so yeah. what was it like to be parents? I know you guys came through marriage, you know, you had a long distance relationship, came together, but parenting was, is different, right? It's way different. And, and 
what, what, what are the avenues that opened up, um, you know, of when you became parents, you know, first kid, second kid, third kid, it's a little different journey, right? Yeah. Sure. Well, so I grew up with a love for kids. Okay, so, and, I know. <laughs> and it loved me too. Okay, yeah. so there was this, and, and it still happens. He's bragging now. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I am, but I will also talk about something else, uh, <laughs> which will reveal uh, things about me too. So, um, yeah, so I, I did grow up, and, and you know, even, even the churches I've been, even though kids loved me, there were times when the parents would say that if the kids were being too fussy or too, too um, whining too much or complaining too much, they would just say, we'll, we'll take you to Joby uncle and then he will have to talk to you and they would just sit still. So they loved me, but they also knew that there's a certain level of discipline. So in my head, I'm like, well, I'm the, you know, when I become a dad, I'm like the super dad. Like, you know, they'll know that I love them, but they will also, you know, know where their place is and you know you know all those feelings that you get or knowings that you have when you're single and changes when you get married and have a kid <laughs> so that was my journey till i <coughs> till we had kids we uh, actually all i would say the first two kids were the the first few years they had multiple issues in terms of you know uh projectile vomiting and uh, not able to sleep well, reflux, all of those aspects. And uh, it, I would say that the true sanctification work happened once Stephen was born, because I know I have patients, but they tested that and they pushed it. Uh, and to me, that was a, that uh, my parenting has been the biggest revelation for me in terms of that if you push it beyond the level, you will see my the fleshly side of me, right? And even, and this is, I'll tell you something that happened just recently. There was a day which was very difficult, just a few days back. And Lydia knew that I was off. So she came and asked me what's happened now. And what had happened really was I hadn't slept the previous night and I was working because I was working Indian hours, but we are in the US. But the day was also very difficult with the kids. And I had to tell Lydia that Lydia, um, it's just, a, I, I'm just trying to disengage uh, in my head because I am tired. And when you're tired is generally when you, harder. it's harder to push the self-control side of it. Mm -hmm. I had to just tell her that, hey, uh, this is what's happening. That it's a tough day. And the more I'm quiet is actually better for me so that I can just not, say anything that I should not say or be anything that I should not be, you know, all those aspects of it. But I feel it's, it, it has been very revealing, sanctifying, very helpful. We have three very different kids. Uh, and like, you know, I mean, you know, you have two kids, you know that they are very different, but uh, uh, yeah, those are some aspects of, and, and from a parenting point of view, you know, you also see that you tell your kid to do something because you know, this is what Jesus tells you to do. When you say that, you also know that maybe you have done something. You told a kid that Jesus tells you to do this, so you shouldn't do it. But you, you know that somewhere a few days back or something, you you did the same thing. So then you actually 
then I, I keep questioning myself that, hey, how much am I being truthful to the gospel then? So for me, it's more of that whole cycle of repenting and believing and, you know, that. So parenting has been a lot of that for me, of how much am I confessing, repenting and believing. And that cycle just keep taking loops, multiple loops uh, through my life. But I am so grateful for our kids because at the end of the day, our objective is to be like Christ, right? And Christ is helping us to be that. It's not easy. It's very tough. It, I don't like it, but the objective is being that. So praise God for that. Uh, so praise God for that. that that's how I would just sum it up. And uh, yeah, let Lydia talk. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's definitely like the greatest blessing, um, but it's definitely been, it's uh, revealed a lot of my own insecurities. And it's also revealed a lot of uh, just like things that I really need to work on it spiritually and just like as a person. Um, and I, I think that probably most parents would feel that way. Um, and I think I... I think the hardest thing for me has been trying to like, uh, I struggle with approval. And so, because I also stand out in India more than probably the typical Indian woman. And I also do some things that are not the same. Like there are some yeah. things that we do parenting wise that are Indian, if you want to call it that. And there are some things that I, I don't do because it's, I don't want to. So that's how it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I think sometimes I have felt like, kind of like I'm on a stage, even though nobody else is watching me, I feel like everybody's trying to like, see if I'm gonna, am I, am I gonna succeed as a mom? Like, am I gonna be mm. the best one? And uh, like that competitive nature comes out, which is frankly, it's very silly. Like there's not a competition in who's the best mom or who has <laughs> the quietest baby in church. Like that's not the point of life. Um, but it's been a it's been really, really um good and helpful for me to see those kind of things come out like. Um, and I think it's also really neat that Steve so with Steven is um gonna be four pretty soon. And he, um, he's starting to get to the age where we want to start training him in character. And we're talking a lot about these big concepts like gratitude and patience and contentment, all, contentment and, uh, you know, like things that we want our children to be. And it's been like, almost like I'm doing little Bible studies for myself and thinking, okay, how can I grow in patience today? How can I be more grateful um, so it's been really neat how it's enhanced my own spiritual life having kids because I'm having to, I'm having to teach it to little ones. They don't have the, the same vocabulary as the ESV Bible, you know what I mean? Um, and I think it's also been really cool for our marriage, like, because from the beginning, he's been working at a company. And I've been either uh, working like an online job or taking care of the home. But this is a, it's like, this is a team effort. So it's really cool that we've gotten to like do this together. Um, and like, so I think when we first got married, it was like, well, he comes home from work. How was work? And I don't really know anything about it. And he like knows kind of how things go at home, but not really. But this is like something that we're doing together and i think it's been unifying in a lot of ways yeah and work, work from home has helped with That's that true. um mm. 
because and and long story short i had taken up a role where i'm spending lesser time uh from a work point of view uh and just just based on priorities i i spend a focused time at work i spend spend about 10 hours at work but apart from that i have time uh quality time yeah that's it uh, yeah so um yeah so from so with with kids both lydia and i have, have had days where it has been very revealing about our sin mm. so we have had days where when i would come into the room when she's putting the kids she's just crying i'm like man i messed up somewhere what did i do and i can't think of it and i go to her and she's like no i i just see that i'm just getting so frustrated because they're not sleeping it's been 45 minutes uh, and i can't be content about it or i can i i'm not being patient about it and then you know that lead us to just pray and ask the lord for forgiveness because uh, we can be content and we can be patient so how do we work on those aspects so yeah um yeah i'll just summarize by saying that yeah, parenting has been tough but incredibly uh useful and a blessing for us mm, yeah for us as well i mean we we love kids and but um we didn't have kids for four years you know we tried hard you know to have kids and god didn't give it to us for four years so i think god's mercy was on that because we had to settle certain fundamentals we were not ready we, it, it would have been it would have blown up <laughs> worse than when we got kids because we ourselves were not fundamentally settled yeah right uh, so it was, it was good to kind of have that yeah so um if i were to ask you you know i'll allow you to go and sleep and with, <laughs> be with lydia for a while uh, you know, what, what, one last one last question, maybe for the two of you. Uh, you guys, you know, you guys spend some time together. Want to take more time? We can always catch up when you guys get back as well. And yeah, it'd be great to have you guys back, and we can talk about certain, you know, maybe specific things that you guys have on your heart. But one last question for you guys. Um, so, if you kind of boil it down to um, top three, right, uh, Joby? I know you spoke a little bit about it, um, but what okay before we go there so one of the questions i want to leave as parents right another question that came to my mind i'm doing this series on parenting specifically with new jersey schools <laughs> right so we've had a lot of challenges in terms of the agenda and the framework that have come in from public school standpoint we sent our kids to public school and so i've been doing this series every wednesday 7 30 to 8 30 in our church so we did one we're going to do a couple more um and we were looking at do you guys have right now media i don't know if you guys know right now media um mm -hmm. in right now media there's a series uh on parenting so if you guys want to take a look at that that's awesome it's got an eight part series 40 minutes each each episode eight or nine part series so one of the series one of the episodes i was watching and they one of them asked a question he said how long will your kids live like uh i don't know like uh forever <laughs> right so you're like you you know we we don't we don't have that time perspective that it's timeless and then they asked another question which kind of you know kind of made sense so they followed up and said whose kids are those mm. it's like uh not ours mm -hmm. they were given to us right so 
you know, so from an ownership and a timeline standpoint, we had to kind of reorient ourselves a little bit when we were watching that series. It's like, wow, that's awesome, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, they are, because they, God doesn't have grandkids, right? God has only kids. Yeah. God has only children, right? So they are your children and they're going to live forever. Wow. That's an awesome responsibility for us. That God's saying, hey, steward my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, right? So that was an awesome, you know, paradigm shift for us in our minds when Maya and I were seeing that series. And, and so we were following, all to say kind of we were following through that with, you know, with our church, you know, kind of helping shepherd through that. So, so you know, think about those things. Maybe you guys can talk or maybe even watch that series. It's quite yeah. fascinating. Watch that series. So last question for you guys. So top three, if you were to kind of think about it individually, I don't want to call it individually, but together, what would be the top three things that at the threshold of heaven, you look back and you say, Lord, <laughs> thank you for those things. And, and how would you kind of see top three? You guys can, you know, consult and <laughs> Top three things that were... Yeah, you mean top the top three things that we're thankful for, or top three priorities for us? Priorities, priorities. Well, I think I I I'll just reiterate what I've said earlier because uh, I have had to take decisions and carve out priorities based on this. But I would say the top three would be for me is how do I love the Lord with fear and trembling? I'm saying with all my heart, because I know it's not with all my heart at this point, uh, but how do I really love the Lord with all my heart and that leading to love others genuinely, like where I can really look into somebody's eyes, just as Jesus did and talk to them, mm. right? Not look at a person based on culture or based on any other perspective, but just from the viewpoint of how Jesus did. Uh, so that's that's number one for me. Second is in response to that, to the gospel I've received, how do I, how, how am I responding uh, with faithfulness and gratitude? So that, so how does all that I do, be it work, putting them to, putting the kids to sleep, playing with the kids, loving mm -hmm. uh, Lydia, all of that. How am I doing that uh, in light of the, great gospel or the salvation that I've received. And the third part I would say is, for me, this has been really important that how am I, how are we bringing, how, how, how is Lydia and I bringing up the kids so that they understand that as a family, the most important thing for us is the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, like exactly what you said, right? It is his children created for eternity. How do, how do we get them to understand mm -hmm. and all the things that they do, they work mm. with that perspective and not mm. just we work on for them with that perspective. But at the end of the day, you know, them knowing Christ is the grace of God in their life. So at the end of the day, the Lord should work in their lives. Mm -hmm. But how can we build a foundation so that it's, it works as a catalyst for them to know? Lord and the Lord working in them. I would segregate that. So within this comes church, within this comes family, within this comes, you know, my interactions at workplace. But the headers are these three, loving God, loving others, 
faithfulness in all that we do. And then how are we bringing up the kids that that is the primary responsibility from a stewardship point of view in helping them or directing them towards Christ. What he said. <laughs> in different words, good. I said the same thing, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. But, but, but I think for, for you, it'll be slightly different in terms of you know, as a yeah, wife, I think mother. I would, yeah, I think I would probably look at back and say, um, have I honored God with my home? Um, have I honored God with my family and with um, perhaps just relationships? Like I'm, I feel like the longer I've lived, the more I'm realizing that it's how we are interacting with people that matters more than, than all the other stuff. Hmm. Um, but that's the hardest thing. And I think that's the thing that I have to work at the most and pray to the Lord for the most. Yeah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. You know, um, I've, um, maybe we can copy paste your, your, <laughs> your priorities. You know, I, I've seen Joby now for 15 years. You know, it's just amazing to see him uh, have having grown so much and his words that, you know, as the Lord said, right, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, right? So, uh, yeah, I can sense your, your hearts in the words that you speak and they're so aligned to what the, what the Lord expects of us. And it's it's amazing to see what the Lord is doing to you guys. So really, yeah, really... I should yeah. also say that uh, while all these things are great, I should also say that whenever you're, whenever you think of us, you should pray for us. Yeah. Because what comes to my mind is what Jesus told say uh, Jesus told Peter that Satan has decided to sift you, but I have prayed for you, <laughs> right? And and honestly speaking, I'm I'm afraid to fall. Uh, yeah. And uh, for me. The best encouragement is somebody praying that I will not fall, that I will yeah. stand fast and immobile in the work that, uh, you know, the right. Lord called. Yeah. You know, brother, I couldn't agree more with you. And I have these open chats with Maya. And here's what I've told the Lord and told Maya. Lord, I say, if I am thinking of another woman, you kill me that day. I'd rather die then be unfaithful to you and to my wife. Mm -hmm. And so, brother, you have to pray like that, you know, and, and I encourage you. And I'm happy that you're even saying what you're saying. And I think it's important for us as men to be like Christ because, you know, I, I had a wrong image of Christ and therefore I became a wrong husband for many months and years. Mm -hmm. And I started to see Christ truly of who he is, is he washed the feet of the disciples. That is, he washed the feet of the church. And so we're called to service. We're called to serve. God actually taught me that because, you know, Joby knows and probably he's probably told you, Lydia. Maya has been sick for the last mm, 10 years of the 13 years of our marriage. Really sick, really sick, badly sick many, many years. So we have not had an ordinary marriage. We've had an extraordinary marriage because God has had to give us extraordinary grace to survive and to live. 
and um, you know, great encouragement from from you guys. Hearing what you guys are saying, we'll definitely pray for you. And God is with us. And the one thing that has really impressed upon us is this presence of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and that has changed our lives. Maya always, you know, she struggles every week. She takes an infusion every Sunday. She has to infuse herself mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. Uh, she's been doing that for the last four years. It's painful, pricking every site, right? Under the leg and in the tummy. And I feel sad. I always come away and weep. <laughs> she doesn't see me weep, but it's a struggle for me to see her, to see my bride kind of go through what she's going through. But God's been faithful. He always says, I am with you mm-hmm. to the end of the ages, right? So when he's with us, so, so for me, actually, for us, it is, more than going out, it's going in, yeah. <laughs> right? So he's inside of us. So I'm like, Lord, I'm coming in. And so this, uh, the other thing that I've really discovered over the last three months, it's been fantastic. These two things about fear, love and fear. And the other thing that I've realized is anxiety is because of uh, my own thoughts, mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. Philippians chapter four, four, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say to you, rejoice. And then he says, in six, he says, uh, do not be anxious, but do not be anxious. But in everything through, you know, uh, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I didn't understand that properly till, till the Lord actually opened my eyes to kind of say, you're anxious because you're only thinking and you're not praying. So my anxiety goes off the roof when I think, yeah. <laughs> right? So... So God's saying, hey, talk to me, talk to me, pray, pray. Let's, let's engage together mm-hmm. into having thoughts. What should I do? Should I, should I, should I, mm-hmm. Like, talk to me. I'll guide your paths. I'll lead you into all truth. So that kind of changed my, the ball game for me a little bit to kind of say, now, you know, I kind of have lesser anxiety. Yeah. I'm not meaning to say I don't have anxiety. Uh, but I'm reminded, Lord, see, see, I'm getting anxious. Lord, help me here. You know, I, I got to come to you faster than I came to before, right? So that's one other thing that really has helped our marriage uh, is to kind of keep talking to him. Yeah. And I've recognized this, this triangle. I'm talking to God. I'm talking to God. Then I'm talking to somebody else, right? And then God is talking through me to him. And then God is talking to me through that person. It could be a believer, unbeliever, really doesn't matter. Right. And, and, and I'm talking to God about this person. And maybe that person is talking to God about me. Right. So that great triangle between God, me and the other person, mm-hmm. it's been beneficial. And the anxiety has kind of flown past me. I still am anxious, to be honest with you, but it's given me a gateway into something that I never understood before of how to pray without ceasing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of makes sense, guys. I don't know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean. Not, not that it just makes sense, but it is the truth yeah. uh, for our lives. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 All right. So I will not hold you guys back. Let me pray for you. And, uh, and I, you know, thank you so much, both of you. Appreciate you guys uh, sacrificing this hour for uh, more than an hour uh, for us. And, uh, you know, may God bless this. And, you know, I, I always say, do something that you can leave behind for your kids to understand, not just, you know, imbibe in them the, the gospel, but kind of legacy 
you know, many years from now, how how are dad and mom were in 2021 after the pandemic? <laughs> you can actually give them the clip, say, go and see this, right? Or go and, go and listen. Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to have you guys again at some point, you know, God willing, you know, uh, in another occasion. So let me pray for us and then sure with blessings, send you guys. Father, thank you so much for uh, Lydia and for uh, Joby Lord and for their kids, for their families. Um, Thank you for this time that you've given us that we can talk to one another and actually talk about you and what you have done and what you are doing, what you will do in their lives and in our lives together and um, seemingly mundane activities, but bringing great honor and glory to you. Um, as uh, we recollect your word, which says, whether I eat or drink, I do it under the glory of God. And so in these simple things, as you called us, Lord, we pray that you will enable us to see you and uh, engage with you. And as we engage with others, may others see you in us and rather than see us. Mm. We know what we have to offer, nothing but sin in the old man. But Lord, in you, we are perfect and you have redeemed us. And you have called us, you have enabled us, you have given us your spirit, you've given us your word, you've given us the church, you've given us an eternity, you've given us hope, you've given us um, a home that is eternal, and uh, we want to spread this to others and, and bring them into the joy that we enjoy, Lord. We, we pray that we will do this with uh, faithfulness, as Joby mentioned, throughout our lives. Uh, send us with your blessing. Give us a good night's rest as we prepare for your day and as we enjoy your people and your fellowship. We pray that we will, our, our joy will be multiplied and our sorrow will be divided. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, friends. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. Sorry, Maya couldn't make it. I was texting her, actually. Can no. you come in? The girls, the girls are like, can you sleep with us? So, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we buy their co-slept with our kids all these years. So they still <laughs> sleep with us. <laughs> so that yeah. might be our future, too. Yeah. They currently sleep with us. So that's just Yeah, how. it's awesome. You know why? Because my mom used to say, hey, you know what? After 15 years, they don't want to sleep with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, let them sleep. I was like, <laughs> okay, mom, we'll do that. So we have a you know big bed and said, all of you come along. <laughs> it's the most funny when we come to the States because our families are like, um, we don't have a bed big enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> we can split. You know, I take one, you yeah, take two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye, take bye. care. Take Thank care. you so much. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening to that episode. That's a wrap uh, with my conversation with Lydia and Joby. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. And um, looking back over the years, looking at Joby and the maturity that he has gained, it's just fascinating. Praise God for it. And, you know, to see a family really put God as number one gives me great joy and great hope. And uh, hopefully you've taken that away, whether you're married, looking for marriage or you are having a tough marriage, um, you know, hopefully you, this conversation is helpful for you and to kind of see what elements are needed in order to tide through this challenging circumstance of marriage in our society, in, our, in whatever context you are in. 
hopefully a blessing to you god bless you have a wonderful weekend and if you have anything that you want to speak to us about drop us a note you know come visit our website it's www.sharethewealth.community or drop us a comment in the platform that you guys use for your for airing your podcast have a blessed week and i will talk to you guys uh, next week bye bye